0: It's um 1.19 a.m. Hawaii Aleutian time zone. This is Omar WJ speaking. This is Omar WJ show. I um gotta change hotels today, so or change accommodation I should say. Um checked into a hotel yesterday. Um Just heard this from, um, Anthony Fauci, who I don't know if he is still being disparaged or not, but I think he did a hell of a job, um... You can listen to him better than me.
1: Dr. Anthony Fauci was undoubtedly the face of the COVID response as chief medical advisor to the president. We met up here in New York as he received the prestigious Calderon prize from Columbia's Mailman School of Public Health. Dr. Fauci, welcome back to our program. Thank you. Good to be with you. And obviously congratulations on this major award for public health. At the gala event, you gave a pretty profound and and passionate plea to the public health community in the audience. What were you trying to tell them?
2: Well, the point I was trying to make is that we have been through an extraordinary ordeal with the three and a quarter years of COVID-19. And there is a lot of activity now looking at lessons learned. What went right? What went wrong? How can we better prepare for and respond to future pandemics. And unfortunately, I think, as everyone realizes, there's been a lot of politicization that has gone on over these last three years of things that should have been purely public health issues. There's been a lot of misinformation and disinformation and distortion of truth and reality. My plea to them was that we really needed the serious academic um, scholarly approach to an analysis of what went on rather than giving way to some of the obvious politicization that goes on. We're living in an arena now which is very troubling and that is what I call the normalization of untruths where there is so much distortion of reality that the public gets inured to it. It's kind of like it's normal, it's natural, no problem. You know, people are just saying that. That's a very dangerous situation to get into because when you do accept the normalization of untruths and you don't have pushback from people who actually are using evidence-based and data-based statements then reality gets totally distorted. So I think that's dangerous, not only in the arena of public health. I actually think, not to get too melodramatic about it, that it really is
1: is sort of erodes at the foundations of democracy. But you have had to go through and you've talked about it. I mean, let me just read what you said to Congress. I've had threats upon my life, harassment of my family, my children, obscene phone calls because people are lying about me, i.e. lying about you and about the science. You have, you know, a phalanx of guards 24 seven or, you know, keeping you safe. What does that say to public health officials and to yourself about waging this war in the future or this struggle for life? Well, to me, it tells us we have to do it and we cannot
2: be dissuaded from doing it because of the threats. You know, I am a visible public figure, but many of my less well-known colleagues who speak out the truth about things almost instantaneously from the time they do that, I don't know whether it's bots or real people start just making harassing threats to them. We can't. We can't yield in in the face of that because it's such an important issue and that's one of the reasons why I will continue to try and inspire and encourage particularly younger people to get involved in medicine and science and public health and
1: perhaps even public service, which I think is so important. Because the key obviously is, right, again lives. What keeps you up at night about how, given the experience of what happened during the COVID pandemic nationally and globally, the next pandemic will be addressed? Right. That's what I worry about. If we go into
2: the next pandemic in a discombobulated way where no one knows what the truth is or who's saying what, it's going to be even worse uh, than what we've seen right now. You know, I, I tend to look at this in two buckets of preparedness and response one is the scientific preparedness and response and the other is the public health preparedness and response what was a resounding success was the science i mean to be able to have the sustained investment in basic and clinical biomedical research that allowed us literally within days of getting the sequence of the virus to begin the vaccine development program to be in a phase one trial in 65 days and at the end of 11 months to have a vaccine that was safe and effective, that is beyond unprecedented. I mean, if you had, if we were having this conversation 10 years ago, I would have told you that's nuts. There's no chance that that's going to happen. That was the result of a sustained investment in basic and clinical biomedical research. Where What did not go as well was the public health, the infrastructure, the communication, the ability to get data in real time as opposed to waiting weeks and months to make the data that would inform decisions you'd have to make. That has to improve.
0: So that was uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. And um, I got to say that... um, What he didn't say, and about how much uh, grief he went through, um, with the from everybody, U.S. senators Rand Paul, um, um, other people whose names are not worth the breath to say. Suffice to say, Um, and he's he's. Anthony Fauci went through the, um, AIDS pandemic in the early 80s, and, um, he also went through the ringer there. Um, so, um, you know, it's, they wanted him to legalize medicines right away, and, um, didn't know if his he didn't know if it was good or or not the entire gay okay, okay the gay community was attacking him so um, number one thing here is to entertain number two is instruct so this is uh, Omar WJ speaking. I'd say the temperature today is going to be 29, right offhand, and sunny. Could rain, because that's what happens in Hawaii. I'm in
2: Oahu right now.